This program is brought to you by Israel Restoration Ministries. What are you doing Sunday nights? Come join Friendship with God radio Bible teacher Tom Cantor of the Friendship with God Fellowship Church every Sunday night at 5.30 p.m. at The Vine at 9336 Abraham Way, Santee, California. Watch and listen live around the world to Tom Cantor Sunday evening on YouTube.com by searching for Friendship with God Fellowship or by going to our homepage at friendshipwithgod.org. That's friendshipwithgod.org. Welcome to Friendship with God with our Bible teacher, Tom Cantor. Today's message and previous messages can be listened to or downloaded for free at friendshipwithgod.org. That's friendshipwithgod.org. You can also obtain free resources from Tom Cantor and view our online bookstore at friendshipwithgod.org or call us at 800-247-3051. That's 800-247-3051. Tom Cantor also has a daily devotional verse that comes out each day by email and on Facebook. To receive this small daily devotional verse that Tom Cantor puts out, you can sign up at friendshipwithgod.org. That's friendshipwithgod.org. Or find Tom Cantor on Facebook by searching for Tom Cantor and Friendship with God. Now, here's our Bible teacher, Tom Cantor. If you turn in your Bibles to Daniel chapter 10, verse 1, Daniel chapter 10 is where heading down the final pike here through uh, of the book of Daniel, chapter 10. Let's pray. Father, thank you so much for being the God of Daniel. Thank you, Lord, for the things that you showed Daniel, that the things that uh, you've enabled us to see also in Jesus' name. Amen. Daniel chapter 10, verse 1. <clears throat> In the third year of Cyrus, king of Persia, a thing was revealed unto Daniel, whose name was Belteshazzar, and the thing was true, and the time appointed was long, and he understood the thing and had understanding of the vision. In those days, I, Daniel, was mourning three full weeks. I ate no pleasant bread, neither came flesh nor wine in my mouth, Neither did I anoint myself at all till three whole weeks were fulfilled. And in the four and twentieth day of the first month, as I was by the side of the great river, which is Hidekel, then I lifted up mine eyes and looked, and behold, a certain man clothed in linen, whose loins were girded with fine gold of Uphaz. His body also was like the beryl, and his face as the appearance of lightning, and his eyes as the lamps of fire, and his arms and his feet like the color to polish brass, and the voice of his words like the voice of a multitude. And I, Daniel, alone saw the vision, for the men that were with me saw not the vision, but a great quaking fell upon them, so that they fled to hide themselves. Therefore I was left alone and saw this great vision, and there remained no strength in me, for my comeliness was turned to, to in me into corruption, and I retained no strength. Yet heard I the voice of his words, and when I heard the voice of his words, then I was in a deep sleep of my on my face, my face toward the ground, and behold, a hand touched me, which has set me 
which set me upon my knees and upon the palms of my hands. And he said unto me, O Daniel, a man greatly beloved, and understand the words that I speak unto thee, and stand upright, for unto thee am I now sent. And when he had spoken this word unto me, I stood trembling. Then said he unto me, Fear not, Daniel, for the, fear, for the first day that thou didst set thine heart to understand and to chasten thyself before thy God, thy words were heard, and I am come for thy words. But the prince of the kingdom of Persia withstood me one and twenty days. But lo, Dan Michael, one of the chief princes, came to help me, and I remained there with the kings of Persia. Now I am come to make thee understand what shall befall thy people in the latter days, for yet the vision is for many days. And when he had spoken such words unto me, I set my face toward the ground, and I became dumb. And behold, one like the similitude of the sons of man touched my lips, then I opened my mouth and spake and said unto him that stood before me, O oh my Lord, by the vision of my sorrows it turned upon me, and I have retained no strength. For how can the servant of this my Lord talk with this my Lord? For as for me, straightway there remained no strength in me, neither is there breath left in me. Then there came again and touched me, one like the appearance of a man, and strengthened me, and said, O man, greatly beloved, fear not, peace be unto thee, be strong, yea, be strong. And when he had bespoken unto me, I was strengthened, and I said, Let my Lord speak, for thou hast strengthened me. Then said he, Knowest thou wherefore I come unto thee? Now will I return to fight with the prince of Persia, and when I come forth, lo, the prince of Gracia shall come, and I will show thee that which is noted in the scripture of truth, and there's none that holdeth with me in these things but Michael, your prince. <clears throat> now Daniel has seen a vision. This is a vision that he's seen. It's a very, very important vision. Daniel marks out this vision when he saw it, and he affirms to us that it's true in verse one. That's what he's saying here. The thing is true. And Daniel makes it very plain that this, this vision that he saw was revealed just to him. It was a revelation. It didn't come by study. It didn't come by he figured it out. But it was true. There was no question about whether it was true or not, just like the Word of God. The Word of God is above debate. There is no question. He's, what he saw, what Daniel saw here, was, as he said, it's going to happen a long time from now. He saw prophecy, and it was going to take time. It was going to take time, as he put it, the time appointed was long. But even though it was a long time it was going to happen, it didn't make it any less real to Daniel. It was just as real. The prophecy was just as real as if it was history, like the return of Christ is to us. It's just as real to us as if it was history, even though it's prophecy. And he tells us where he saw this vision in verse 4. In verse 4, he says, uh, in the 4 and 20th day of the first month, he says he was by the, the side of a, the great river, Hiddekel. And just like Isaac, Isaac was in a field one day. He was in a field. He was in prayer on this day. Isaac was in meditation on this day. And in this day, when he was in prayer and meditation in this field, Isaac received a great gift, the gift of his wife, the gift of Rebekah. This is what happened to him in Genesis 24, 63. 24, 63, Isaac went out to the meditate in the field at the eventide, and he lifted up his eyes and saw, saw and behold, the camels were coming. 
And Rebecca lifted up her eyes, and when she saw Isaac, she lighted off the candle. That was a great gift that came to Isaac because he was in prayer, he was in meditation, he was focused on God. And Daniel tells us that he was, in, he was there by the side of the river, and he says there's a vision that he saw in verse 5. He said, I lifted up mine eyes and, 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 and looked, and behold, a certain man clothed in linen, his loins were girded with fine gold. He sees this wonderful sight. It's a sight of what Daniel calls a certain man, a special man, an unusual man. And this man is clothed in linen. Linen is the clothing of the priests. The priests were to be clothed in linen in Exodus 28:41. Exodus 28:41, where Moses was told, Thou shalt put them upon the linen. Thou shalt put them upon Aaron thy brother, his sons with him, and anoint him, consecrate them, sanctify them, that they minister unto me in the priest's office, and thou shalt make them linen breeches to cover their nakedness from the loins even to the thighs they shall reach. This man is clothed in white, pure white, because he's spotless. He's the only great high priest who's without sin, spotless, the Lord Jesus Christ, as he's described in Hebrews 4.15. Hebrews 4.15, we have not a high priest which cannot be touched with the feeling of our infirmities, but was in all points tempted, like as we are yet without sin. This certain man is clothed in white linen because it's symbolic he is without sin, and gold is on him. Gold, as John saw the Lord Jesus in the book of Revelation, in Revelation 1.13, Revelation 1.13, John says, in the midst of the seven candlesticks, one like unto the Son of Man, clothed with a garment down to the foot, and girt about the paths with a golden girdle. His head, his hairs were white like wool, as white as snow. His eyes were as a flame of fire, his feet like undefined brass, as burned in a furnace. And the voice, his voice, as a sound of many waters, John describes his voice, the sound of many waters. This man is clothed in gold because he is the king. He is the king of the Jews. He's the king of kings that Daniel saw. And he goes on to describe him, and he says that his body is, a, is, is, is like a, a burrow, and his face is like a face of appearance of lightning, his eyes like lamps of fire, and his feet like polished brass, his, his, his body's like burl because burl is the color of the sky, it's blue, and it indicates he comes from heaven, just like the Lord Jesus said in John 6.38, John 6.38, I came down from heaven, not to do mine own will, but the will of him that sent me. His face has the appearance of lightning, lightning is like a flash of light, and the Lord Jesus is the light of the world, as he said, and in Revelation 21, 23, Revelation 21, 23, it says that the city, the city in, 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 in heaven has no need of the sun, no need of the moon to shine in it for the glory of God to enlighten it. And the lamb is the light thereof. He's the light. His eyes, it says, uh, Daniel describes his eyes as like lightning and, and, and they're searching, they're penetrating as the eyes of Christ are. 
I, the eyes of Christ are described in, in Hebrews 4.13, Hebrews 4.13. Neither is there any creature that's not manifest in his sight, but, we, but all things are naked and opened unto the eyes of him with whom we have to do. He sees everything. He sees through us. It says his, his feet you know, was like polished brass. Brass speaks of the earth, the metal that comes out of the earth, brass. Solomon had great mines in Israel for mining brass where the, where the, where the miners would, would had tunnels as they crawled down under the ground to mine these vast quantities of brass that went in to make up the articles of the temple. And it's, and it's good to the dirt, brass. Seven First 1 Corinthians 15, 47, 1 Corinthians 15, 47, the first man is of the earth, earthy. 1 Corinthians 15, 49, 1 Corinthians 15, 49, as we have borne the image of the earthy, we shall also bear the image of the heavenly. Brass speaks of the Lord as earthy because Christ became a man. Reminds me of a, a, a conversation of a, with a Orthodox rabbi friend of mine last week, and he, and, he, and he says he could not believe that Jesus Christ was God. He asked me, he says, do you mean to tell me that Jesus is God and that, and that God sat on a toilet? He said, that's disgusting. I said, well, did Moses sit in a toilet? He said, well, that's different. Moses is not God. And I said, yes, but God became a man in Jesus. And this is just the point of, of Daniel's vision here when he says in verse five, this is a certain man this is a man whose arms and his, 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 his feet are, are like polished brass. And, and, and Daniel has gone through this description of the Lord Jesus. He's described his body, he's described his face, he's described his eyes, he's described his arms, his feet. And now he says there's something very special about his voice. His voice, he says, his voice, he describes that. It's so special to Daniel that three times in this passage he mentions his voice. He talks about his voice. In verse 6, the voice of his words. In verse 9, yet heard I the voice of his words. In verse 10, I heard the voice of his words. It's just so interesting that the verse doesn't say his voice sounded like a multitude. But in verse 6, the voice of his words like the voice of a multitude. He's just a very, 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 very significant, a very special, very important description when Daniel says in all these times, the voice of his words, the voice of his words. He didn't have to say that. He could have just said his words were or his voice was, but it's the voice of his words. He's not just talking only about his voice when he says the voice of his word. He's not just talking only about his words only when he says the voice of his words. He's talking about the union, the togetherness of his voice and his words. In verse 6, Daniel is saying that there is just something about him, this union of his voice and his words. It's like there was a marriage that took place between his voice and his words. It was just like God said in marriage, in Matthew 19.5, Matthew 19.5, where Jesus said, and for this cause shall a man leave his father and his mother and shall cleave to his wife, and they, sh they twain shall be one flesh. 
Wherefore, they are no more twain, but one flesh. What therefore God hath joined together, let not man put asunder. So in verse 6, in those other verses, when Daniel says the voice of his words, Daniel is saying that his voice and his words are married together we're just like a man and a woman become married together into one flesh. And that man and that woman have, 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 have become one. And so that you should never, no one should ever try to separate that man from that woman. So his voice and his words have become one so that no one should ever try to separate his voice from his words, they are one. God's words and the voice of God are married together. They're married together. God wants us to hear his voice when we read his words because when God speaks, the Bible speaks. When the Bible speaks, God speaks. And, and, and to not hear the voice of God in the Bible, if you don't hear the voice, if, if a person doesn't hear the voice of God, if, in the Bible, and then the Bible becomes some, just another cold academic book on a shelf. And that's why the Bible is so special to us, because in the Bible we hear the voice of the Lord Jesus. We come to the Bible with a heavy heart. We're broken. Michael has the return of malignancy. We're in, we're, it's like a backpack of weight on us. It's weighing us down. We can go see this, eat this, do this, and, and that's just something just in front, but in the back there's that weight, that heaviness. And we need comfort. We need comfort. Or there's an uncertainty in something in our lives. We don't know the direction that we should take. It's not clear to us. And then we come to the Bible, and as we come to the Bible, we find certain words, certain verses, certain passages that bring us comfort certain words that give us the direction that we need in our lives. And Jesus said, this is called the light of life, the light of life. He said, he says, he says, uh, he's, and then we, we emerge from the Bible after we've read those certain words of comfort, those certain words of direction, and we just say, God spoke to me. It might have been in a hymn. It might have been in a letter. It might have been in something that someone else said, and you said, no, no, no. Like, like the Lyft driver yesterday, he said to me, this was not by accident. He said to me, this was not by accident that I picked you up. He said, uh, he said can, can we talk about religion? And I said, I don't want to talk about religion, but I'll talk about God. And see, and he said, this was not by accident. He said, and this is a way that God speaks to us. This is the way, this is how it happens. That's the voice of God. We hear the voice of God when we read the Bible. Last week I got a text message from George and Ruth Smith, who for years attended the chapel here. And, this, and, 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 and they sent in the text a picture of the cover of the book Change. They sent it, and they wrote, look at what, my, my, look at what book my son-in-law Tim found. He had read it and passed it on to us to read. We are reading it while driving to our new home near Katy in Florida. We can hear your voice as we read it. We can hear your voice as we read it. 
those are the words that we say to God when we read the Bible. Lord, we can hear your voice as we read this book. We hear the voice of God when we read the Bible. The voice of God we hear as we read is a special voice. It's a certain voice. The voice of God we hear when we read the Bible is so personal. The voice of God we hear as we read the Bible is so individual and so unique because when the Bible speaks to the needs of our hearts, it's the personal voice of God meeting the needs of our hearts. It's the individual voice of God. It's the unique voice of God. I, I, I can't get over, uh, you know, recently there was a group of, of our researchers that, that came to Loretto and came to the island off of Loretto Carmen because there's an unusual, I guess it's only there, bat in these caves and they were studying that. And, and, uh, and, and that caused me to be, get interested in bats. I never really thought about bats too much. But anyway, what I found was that bats have, individual bats have a unique, one-of-a-kind voice. You know, in San Antonio, there's a cave called the Bracken Cave. And in that cave, there's a colony of 20 million bats. And when they swarm outside, the sky just turns black and they're flying all over the place and you wonder why they don't crash into each other, but you just don't see casualties on the ground where bats crash, they don't. And not only that, a bat can identify another bat out of 20 million simply by its voice. Can you imagine that? 20 million bat voices and each and the bats know those individual voices. Because just like you and I and everybody on earth has an individual, one-of-a-kind fingerprint, and that these bats have an individual, one-of-a-kind voice that they can recognize one bat out of 20 million. They can do that. Whales the same, dolphins the same, frogs the same. They recognize each other by their voice. And the same is true of people, of you and I. Just as every person has a unique fingerprint, you can identify a person, you can see a person, you can identify a person based on their fingerprint. Well, it's the same way when you get a phone call on your cell phone and without looking at the caller ID, you hear, hi, it's me. <laughs> and you know who it is. You know who it is simply by the voice. And, 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 and you say, and therefore you say, hi, it's me. You don't say, and the other person doesn't say, who is this? <laughs> they know you because they know the sound of your voice. They know the sound of your voice. It's all about the sound of his voice, which is what the hymn in the garden is talking about, the hymn in the garden. I come to the garden alone while the dew is still on the roses. And the voice I hear Falling on my ear, the Son of God discloses. He walks with me. He talks with me. He tells me I am his own. And the joy we share as we tarry there, none other has ever known. He speaks, and the sound of his voice is so sweet the birds hush their singing. And the melody that he gave to me within my heart is ringing. He walks with me. He talks with me. He tells me I am his own. And the joy we share as we tarry there none other has ever known. 
Another wonderful day studying the Bible with our Bible teacher, Tom Cantor, here on Friendship with God. Don't forget that today's message and previous messages can be listened to and downloaded for free at friendshipwithgod.org. That's friendshipwithgod.org. You can also go online to find free resources from Tom Cantor and our online bookstore at friendshipwithgod.org. You can also find Tom Cantor on Facebook, and you can also go to friendshipwithgod.org to sign up for his daily devotional. Tom Cantor is also the founder of Israel Restoration Ministries. You can visit that website at israelrestoration.org. You can write to Tom Cantor at P.O. Box 711330, Santee, California 92071. That's P.O. Box 711330, Santee, California 92071. Or email Tom Cantor at tomcantor at friendshipwithgod.org. That's tomcantor at friendshipwithgod.org. For more information about Tom Cantor and Friendship with God and Israel Restoration Ministries, call us at 800-247-3051. That's 800-247-3051. What are you doing Sunday nights? Come join Friendship with God radio Bible teacher Tom Cantor of the Friendship with God Fellowship Church every Sunday night at 5.30 p.m. at The Vine at 9336 Abraham Way, Santee, California. Watch and listen live around the world to Tom Cantor Sunday evening on YouTube.com by searching for Friendship with God Fellowship or by going to our homepage at friendshipwithgod.org. That's friendshipwithgod.org. This program is brought to you by Israel Restoration Ministries.